Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. I kept seeing a water park and... Um I don't know if you've seen uh, one one place we really like to go is Magic Springs, but they have this huge bucket in the little kid area, which is where we end up gravitating towards. Um, and I'm, I'm the one that you're not going to find me under the bucket. Um, I hate getting water dumped on me, um, which in my family is code for if you hear one of us, normally it's me, if I'm saying I hate something, in the following week it's going to be done to me. So mm-hmm. so I'm prepared for that, but they know I hate that. But I, I just really felt like the Lord just kept saying, as believers, we've been standing and watched the bucket being dumped, and that it was time to get under, that it was time to receive what the Lord had for us. So I want to encourage you as um, we, we uh, Gabriel gets into the word, I was in first service, and it's a word for today. So would you open your hearts and your eyes and your ears and just receive what the Lord has for you today? Because um, I really believe he has something in store for each of us. So, Amen. Come on, can we give it up for the teachers one more time? I want to make mention of a couple of things before we get into the message. Uh, Made new weekend next Sunday, August the 15th. Uh, We do water baptism. And so if you have given your life to the Lord, you're following Jesus, but you've never been water baptized, um, I would encourage you, I believe it's important, and I would encourage you to, to be obedient to the Word of God and step into that. And here's all we ask you to do is if you'll go on the website, you can go to yourimpactchurch.com, or you can go on the Church Center app and just register on there. The only reason we ask you to do that is so that we can be prepared to know how many uh, are going to be a part of that, and you'll receive a shirt. Uh, to be baptized in that you'll be able to keep and then we want to make sure we have enough towels and all of that good stuff so next sunday is baptism sunday so this week some point go online let us know that you're going to be water baptized next sunday and we'll be prepared for you and we're going to celebrate together uh, next week during this service the 1045 service so and then two weeks after that on august the 29th is child dedication weekend and so if you have had a a baby here recently, or uh, maybe you've started following the Lord and, and you've never dedicated your, your kids uh, to the Lord. We believe that God gives them to us, and so we want to give them back to Him. And, and what we do with that, and we kind of explain it a little bit in detail on that day, but we just want to say, it's a way that we say as parents, hey, I'm going to make the decision today, and I'm going to be accountable to make sure that I want to raise my kids, I want to raise this child to serve God, and I want to be an example, I want to lead the way, and so it's uh, uh, just a, a really cool symbolic way that we can do that. You know, the Word of God says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it, and so it's really making the commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to be the example, I'm going to lead the way, I'm going to point my kids to Jesus, and I'm going to lead by example, so keep that in mind. Same thing, you can go online and register for that, so we can be prepared for you on August the 29th, and I want to read something to you, as many of you know. Uh, every year we do a citywide serve day. Uh, we serve pretty much every month in some capacity in the community, but we do a big citywide serve day. And on July 11th, it's usually in July, and, and July 11th, uh, we had our big citywide serve day. And we were on, I can't remember how many teams, I think it was like 14 teams or something like that all across the community. And, uh, and we were just serving all over the place. And we received, some, sometimes we received these thank you notes basically to the church saying, hey, thank you for coming to serve. 
we received one, uh, but it wasn't just a, a generic one. Um, this, this was from the Salvation Army, and I don't know how, how many of you or if, who you are that served at the Salvation Army, but really this is for, I would say this is for everybody. Even though it was from them, uh, this, is, this, is, this is just such a cool way that they put it because they're talking about everything that happened. I won't read the whole thing to you for the sake of time, but they're talking about how, uh, how you guys were there serving and uh, really being a blessing to them and doing things like vacuuming and cleaning out the storage room and cleaning up the kitchen and, and sorting through clothes and putting them on clothes racks and really just getting things in working order for them in a better way. And uh, then it goes on, and this person writes from the Salvation Army, they said, but most of all, we thank you for giving your heart. And they go on to talk about how they say, we, we heard no complaints, even though, you know, they listed some of the things that had to, be, had to been done, and I was reading through that, and I'm thinking, well, you know, that was some stuff that had to be done on serve day that they really needed done to, to help them in that way. And it says they heard no complaints, and uh, it was just such a blessing to them. It says they saw a strong work ethic and dedication to serve our community, and specifically the Paris Salvation Army. Again, thank you for the care you gave to Paris Salvation Army. It was awesome and beautiful at the same time. And they just said thank you so much. And so, come on, can we... If you were a part of Serve Day, we just can't say thank you enough, and, and I would encourage you, if you've never been a part of a Serve Day, even our once a month where we go out and uh, we might be in an organization, or we just had yesterday uh, as part of our, our monthly Serve Day, we had what we called Super Saturday, and it was our backpack event where we gave away backpacks and school supplies and loved on people and had inflatables and food and, and haircuts and all this stuff, and uh, we I know we had... We had like 250 backpacks, and they were gone in like 30 minutes. So you can kind of put the, do the math. That's how many. There were quite a few people there, and uh, people, were, people were being loved on, and kids were being loved on and being fed, and, and to see kids, you know, their parents with them over there getting a free haircut before they go back to school and toothbrushes, and we even had somebody step up and could get them in touch with how to get a car seat if they needed a car seat for free and, you know, different things like that. So uh, we just thank you for those of you that even showed up yesterday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when it was like 95 degrees and you're setting up and, and uh, making that thing happen. Um, God sees it. He sees your faithfulness. He sees your servant's heart. And um, I believe that there's a reward, that there's a blessing that comes when you're obedient and, and you step out and you do what God's asking you to do. So uh, two weeks ago, we began a new series that we've called Fresh. Somebody say Fresh. Fresh. And uh, in part one, we talked about fresh wind, and so we're, we're taking really a word, and, and, and how can we, the idea behind the series is that uh, we, we need a fresh wind, we need a fresh vision, we need fresh strength, we need all of these things in our lives, because sometimes we find ourselves in places where we become complacent or we become worn down, and uh, I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, sometimes we encounter somebody and we walk away from that conversation or we walk away from that lunch and we think, wow, that was like a breath of fresh air. Have you ever had that moment? You walked in somewhere and you're like, wow, that, was, that experience was a breath of fresh air, right? You go on vacation, that, experience, that was a breath of fresh air. And, and so it's really this idea, I believe, that God wants to, to really give us a breath of fresh air in different areas in our lives. And so we talked about fresh wind and it was about being filled with the Holy Spirit and how we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit how being filled with the Spirit gives us boldness, and how being filled with the Spirit isn't just meant to be a one-time 
event. It's, it's something that, man, tomorrow when you wake up, you need to say, Lord, fill me with your spirit today so that I have everything that I need and I have the boldness and the power and, I'm, and you know, I don't know what my day holds, but I know you do and you know what I need and so I'm going to seek you first and believe that everything else is going to come alongside that and, and how we need to be filled with the spirit. And today, as we continue this series, I want to talk to you on this subject. If you're taking notes, I've titled this one, Fresh Vision. Fresh, fresh vision. I think that uh, we're going to talk about some fresh vision as a church, but I believe specifically for you that God wants to give you fresh vision today. I believe that dreams, uh, that some of you are going to begin to dream again after today. That God's going to stir something in you that uh, you're going to walk out these doors differently. And there's going to be fresh vision for your marriage. There's going to be fresh vision for your parenting. There's going to be fresh vision for your career and and for your walk with the Lord, and, and uh, your role in serving, or whatever it is that God's calling you to step into, that you're going to get fresh vision today as we go through this message. And I also believe that God has fresh vision for our church. I believe that God's always speaking. The question is just, are we listening? And uh, that He has things in store, and, store and uh, He has prepared things for us. And so today we're going to begin in Isaiah 54. And I was praying about this, and I knew, you know, when I, when I was putting this series together, I had several different, several different words that I felt like the Lord was saying to speak on this and speak on this, and we have fresh wind, fresh vision, and there are going to be more to come in the weeks to come. But as I was praying about this one specifically, and I thought, what do you, what do you want to say about fresh vision? And there was one passage of Scripture, three verses really, and we're going to hone in on one verse for really the entirety of uh, there are going to be some others thrown in there, but really one verse that we're going to hone in on and dive into and ask ourselves some questions as we go through the message today. So I want to start, it's in Isaiah 54, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3, and we'll read this from different translations as we go through to help us better understand it. But it says, Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house. Build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Now, how many of you, when you read that, and you think, wow, expand your territory, enlarge your tent, you know, you read all these things, and you're like, whoo, I received that, I received that, I received that. Well, many of us would receive that, but I want to present you with some questions today as you receive that. As you think about what Isaiah 54, because this is, this is talking about God's people and the nation of Israel in the Old Testament and the future of that nation, right? And basically Isaiah, Isaiah is saying, this is where you've been, this is what the Lord's speaking to you. This is what you've been experiencing, but this is what's to come in the future. And he's really giving them something to look forward to because they've been in this place for so long. And now he's saying, hey, but this is what's coming down the road. And so you need to get ready for what's coming down the road. And Paul even references verse 1, Isaiah 54, 1. And then he gives us some very important information to us as the New Testament church. Because this is in the Old Testament, but in Galatians chapter 4, verses 27 and 28, it says, Paul, he writes this, he says, As Isaiah said, Rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. And then look at verse 28. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like 
Isaac. In other words, he says, hey, this was an Old Testament promise, but guess what? You get in on the deal, not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus did, and because of his grace and mercy and his death and burial and resurrection, now you get to partake in the promise that was promised to God's people in the Old Testament. Are you with me? And so Paul is telling us, hey, your children get in on this promise as well because of what Jesus did. And so today I want to give you these four questions to consider as we look at Isaiah 54 and we talk about fresh vision for our church and fresh vision that I believe God is going to give you today for your own personal life. So if you're taking notes, here's question number one. Are you living with expectation? Are you living? If you were to stop and think about how you've been living, think about the last three months, the last six months since the beginning of 2021, would you be able to say that you have been living with expectation? That you've been expecting God to show up. You've been expecting God to do things. You've been living with expectation. In the context that we read in Isaiah 54, God's people, if you study it, they're in a place of sorrow and desolation. And they, they've had hope, but they feel like there's no hope. And they've been in exile, and they've been broken down, and they've been told of judgment. But then they're also being told of restoration that hasn't been seen yet. In Isaiah 54, 2, God is speaking, and he says, hey, you need to expect something big. You need to expect something incredible that's coming down the line. And it says it this way. We'll read it again. Enlarge your house. Build an addition. Come on, how many of you, you got family come over and somebody calls you up and they're like, hey, you need to enlarge your house. You're like, why do I need to enlarge my house? Right? Because there is more coming than what you expect, than what you can see right now. Are you living with expectation? Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. And the Hebrew word for enlarge, in the New Living Translation, it uses the word enlarge. And if you dive into that word a little bit more, it means to make room. In other words, God is saying to his people, and I believe God is saying to you and to our church, you need to make room. You need to make, well, I don't see any reason why right now that we need to make room in our family or in our marriage or in our whatever and God's saying, you need to be living with expectation. Living, expecting me to do what I said I would do or what I promised you or the dream that I gave you that you have become so discouraged with because it didn't happen in your timing. And you still need to be living. Come on, you need to reignite living with expectation. I'm expecting God to show up. I'm expecting him to do something. I believe that God is specifically calling us as his people to make some room. And some of us have been so disappointed for so long that we don't even have room for what God wants to do. And I think this is a place where many of God's people, if you read through this story, they were at, there, there was so much disappointment and discouragement and exile and judgment that's coming, you know, that they're living in and all of this stuff, that there's so much disappointment in some of our lives that we don't even have room for what God wants to do. Because there is so much disappointment that is living in that space. And today God is saying, I need you to make room. Come on, some of us, we expected something in a specific time frame and it didn't happen. We thought that our life would look differently so we became discouraged and we stopped expecting anything different, right? I thought by the time I was 25 it would look different and so I've stopped expecting anything to be any different. I thought by the time I was 50 that it would look this way and because it doesn't look that way I don't know that God's ever going to come through and so I'm not expecting anything any different. I thought by the time I was 80 that I would have had it all figured out and so I've stopped expecting God to do anything different. Can I tell you today that God always has more. There's always another level. There's always another place to go. There's 
always somewhere else that God wants to take you or for you to step into or to be obedient in. Whether you're 12 years old or you're 112 years old, there's always more. You just got to live expecting. You've got to live with expectation. We felt like maybe God gave us a promise and then we fell into the trap of the enemy and we built up a wall and we closed off any room for God to do anything in our lives. We felt like this was going to happen and so we built up a wall. Why do we build up walls to protect ourselves? Well, it didn't happen the way that I thought it would. It didn't happen when I thought it would. It didn't happen the way that I thought it would. Well, it hasn't happened at all. I haven't seen it yet. And so we built up a wall to protect ourselves and there's no room for God to do anything. We're not living with any expectation. Well, I guess this is just the way that it's always going to be. No, you need to be living with expectation for what God wants to do. Some of us have been complacent with the way things have been, and we haven't made room for anything else. We have become so complacent with this is, this is me, this is my life, this is my routine, and I'm so complacent in this that I don't have any room. I am not making any room for God to do anything new, anything fresh, anything that he wants to do in my life and through my life. I just like the way that things are right now, and so I'm going to sit down in this place. And listen, we need to be content but not complacent. Because there's always more. There's always something else that God wants to take you into. You're obedient in one area, and then God will say, hey, because you're obedient in that area, now I can trust you in this area. I want you to step into this. I want you to be obedient in this. There's always something more. You just got to expect it. Live with expectation. Don't become so complacent. Listen to me. Don't become so complacent sitting in a comfortable chair that you don't go outside and do anything for the kingdom of God. Now, don't get me wrong, this building is awesome and great classrooms and all that to love on kids and office space and kitchen. And come on, you come in and you can get your coffee and you can get your donut. And you sit down in this chair for almost five years. You were sitting in a chair that had a cushion on it, but you couldn't tell that it had a cushion on it. Come on, somebody. And then you come in here and then you come in here and you sit down in a cushioned chair and it's easy to get complacent. And I don't think this is the end. I think it's only the beginning. In your life, God's not finished yet. Are you living with expectation? Or have you just become so disappointed? Or you've become so complacent with where you are in life that I'm just going to hang out here for the rest of my life and I'm just complacent to, to be in this place. Expectation, the definition of expectation, I like this. It says it's a strong belief that something will happen or be the case when? In the future. It's the strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. In other words, expectation is not what you see now. Expectation is living with a strong belief that what I don't see now, but what I know God has said, is going to become reality at some point in the future. It'll happen in the future. At some point, I'm living with expectation. I know that God gave me this word, and I'm living expecting that he's going to fulfill it. I know that God put me in this marriage, and so I'm living and I'm expecting that it's going to be everything that God wants it to be. I'm living with expectation. In other words, God is speaking to somebody today to begin living with a strong belief that something will happen and be the case in the future. And if you don't feel like you've seen God do anything, I wonder if we're not seeing God do anything because we're not expecting God to do anything. How many times in our life are we, we we're thinking, okay, God, like I don't know why God's not coming through. I don't know what, what's going on here. We're going to get into some of this. We're going to go a little bit deeper into it as the message goes on. But, but many of us, we're not expecting God to do anything. And when we're not expecting God to do anything, then we're not living in a way. Because when you, when you are expecting God to do something, you will take the steps that are necessary. And God will put the steps on your heart to step into the next thing because you're expecting 
him to do something. Does that make sense? You're expecting him to be taking you somewhere. I'm not complacent. I haven't closed off. I haven't built up a wall. I'm living with expectation that God is going to show up, that God is going to move, that he's going to do what only he can do. And I was thinking about when we have, we have four kids, and I remember, especially with our oldest who's sitting down here on the front row right now, uh, <laughs> she's like, don't talk about me, Dad, don't talk about me. Um, I remember when we went into the hospital, and you know, you had that moment, for those of you that have had kids, and you had that moment where you're, you're like, okay, this is it, right? You know, we go into the hospital, and there was an expectation that we're going to walk at some point. I don't know when. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know exactly what, it, what the process is all going to look like, but I'm expecting that when we go into here, you know, we were even talking, we went into the hospital with her, and it's crazy to think that's been over 12 years ago. And we were sitting in the hospital, and I remember telling my wife, I said, isn't it crazy to think that we're never going to go back home, like, without a kid? <laughs> like, from this point forward, like, there's, it's, it's never going to be the way that it was. It's always going to be different. Like, we're stepping into a completely different time, a completely different season. There was an expectation, Right? Like, I, for nine months, you're, like, expecting. You're like, Yo, you okay, you know? Like, I'm just expecting at some point. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know the exact day and the exact hour and the exact process, but I know that it's coming. And many of us, we need to begin to live with expectation again. You used to dream, and now you don't dream anymore. Because you don't expect God to come through on your dream. When a lot of times, I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of times the, the dream that's, that's on your heart, a lot of times it's God that put that there. Because you have a unique gifting and a unique calling and a unique purpose, and he gives you this dream so that you can fulfill that unique thing while you're here on the earth. And for some of us, we've quit dreaming. And the dream that we had, well, it didn't happen, and I, I didn't see it come to pass, and so... I'm no longer living with any expectation that God's going to do anything. We need to live with expectation. I want to, I, I had this example, I felt like the Lord put this example in my heart about having a baby and the expectation, you know, when you're, when you're waiting for that time period, then you go to the hospital and then you're really expecting because you know it's close. And, and uh, I felt like he told me to take a moment, and we don't normally do this, and so uh, I want to take a moment to do this, but I, I felt like he told me to take a moment because there are some people that uh, even especially in the area of wanting to have a family, wanting to have kids, that you've been living with expectation, but you haven't seen anything happen. And I want to pray for you. I want us as a church to pray for you. And I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I'm not going to have you stand up. You know who you are. You know if that's you and something you've been struggling with or something you've been warring with and fighting, you know, you've been arguing with God about or you've even been questioning, is God even real? Because this is the desire of my heart and I know that I want this and I don't even know. And I felt like the Lord said, just take a moment for those, of, for those that have been living with expectation, you have been expecting. You've been, you know, God, I believe you're faithful. God, I believe that you can do this. I believe that you're willing. I believe that you're able. And you've been living with expectation. I want to pray. I want to pray for you. So can we bow our heads? Can we do that? Can we pray for just a moment? God, I just thank you right now for who you are. Lord, we believe that nothing is impossible with you. Lord, we have all of our hope and all of our trust and all of our faith is in you, God. We know that you are able. We believe that you are willing. Lord, most of all, we pray that your will would be done. And Lord, I just pray over every single person under the sound of my voice or those that are watching online right now, that especially in the area of, of having kids and having a family, God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. Those that are living with expectation and they are anticipating and they are believing you for something, God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. And Lord, we thank you in advance 
for your faithfulness. We thank you in advance for your goodness. We thank you in advance for miracles. We thank you in advance for breakthrough. We thank you in advance for lining things up just as they should be that nobody else may even be able to explain away, but God, we know that it's you. And we thank you for it, and we will give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, well, God is telling his people, he says, you need to prepare for what he's going to do. He's telling them there's something coming, you need to prepare. You need to prepare. And uh, I want to ask you this question today before we go on to point number two. What is it that God is asking you to prepare for? What is it right now, or as you pray this week, that you would say, God, what is it that you're asking me to prepare for? What is it that I need to be living with expectation? What is it that you want to do in me? What is it that you want to do through me? What is it that you want me to step into? I was thinking about uh, some of us need to post this on our mirror or something like that. And I don't know if you know who T.D. Jakes is. Anybody ever listen to T.D. Jakes? He's uh, a pastor in Dallas, and, and uh, I, I love watching him sometimes because he'll walk across the stage, and he has this phrase. He's like, get ready, get ready, get ready. You know, get ready, get ready, get ready. And I can't do it like he can. But it made me think about that, and I thought there are some of us that need to post that somewhere that just says, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You don't see it yet, but you need to get ready, get ready, get ready. You're not married yet, but you want to be. You need to get ready, get ready, get ready. You haven't had a child yet, but you want one. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Well, what does that look like? Ask the Lord. How, what is it that you want me to do in this time as I'm living with expectation? I'm believing you that you're going to come through. I'm believing that you're going to do what only you can do. What do you want me to do in the process? What are you asking me to do in the process? Romans 8.25 says, But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. I want to encourage you today, if you're living with expectation, wait patiently and wait confidently. Confident in who God is, that he's good and he's faithful, and patiently to say, you know what, I know that your timing is perfect. Start living with expectation. Start preparing for it even though you don't see it yet. Prepare and wait with confidence and expectation. Here's question number two. It's simply this, can you stretch? Can you stretch? You're living with expectation. Okay, I can live with expectation. My next question is, can you stretch? Let's look at verse 2 again. He says, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. And the word, that's, that's in the New Living Translation. The word used there is to spread. However, a better translation of the word would actually probably be to stretch out. And a lot of translations use that word, to stretch out your tent, to stretch out the curtain, stretch out. Can you stretch? And uh, does anybody like to stretch? You just wake up in the morning and you're like, no, I just love to stretch. I just, I love to, I love to stretch. I, I've had the, the privilege for the last, I think, three years of, of coaching our oldest boys basketball team, right? These are eight, nine, and ten-year-olds. And so I'm coaching their team. And uh, we'll get together and practice. We usually practice once a week, and that's about to start back up here in a couple of months. And, and uh, we'll get together, and the first thing, the first thing, you know, they'll shoot around, like, all right, we're going to start. And everybody will circle up in the center. I'm like, all right, we're going to stretch. And every single time. Every single time, oh, we just don't, why do we have to stretch, right? And then the whole time we're stretching, you know, we're doing jumping jacks and stretching their legs. They're sitting down, they're doing all this. And I'm trying to tell them, you know, the reason we're doing this is so you don't get hurt later. The reason we're doing this is so you can be prepared for what your body is going to endure. The reason, listen, the reason that you're running all of these lines back and forth is so when you get in a game, you don't get in there for five minutes and be like, you know, I can't breathe anymore and I can't play anymore, right? You've got you've to stretch. You've got to do the work ahead of time. And some of us, God is trying to stretch us. 
And the reason that many of us don't like to be stretched is because it's not comfortable. You ever, you ever made the decision like, well, I'm going I'm to get back in the gym or I'm going I'm to start stretching every morning because I just feel like, you know, my body doesn't feel like they used to. And then you stretch for one day and you feel pretty good and then you wake up the next morning and you hurt. You're like, what did I do? <laughs> you know, they're like muscles hurting that you didn't even know you had because you did certain things that you haven't done in years. Sometimes in your life, when God is trying to stretch you, it's going to be uncomfortable. Most of the time, stretching is not comfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it's necessary for where God's taking you. If you're living with expectation, right? He says, he says you need to get ready. Be prepared. You need to live with expectation because this is what I'm going to do. And in your life, you need to live with expectation because this is what God's word says. This is what I'm going to do. God has given you a word. God has given you a dream. God has given you a purpose. And you need to live with expectation, but you need to be willing to be stretched. Because most of the things that God wants to do in your life are going to require stretching. And stretching is not usually comfortable. It's not usually comfortable. Maybe we've become too comfortable with where we are that we've stopped stretching and creating space for God to do more. Something I know about stretching is this, that stretching is uncomfortable for a while, but it eventually becomes the new normal. Have you noticed this? If you stretch consistently, if you work out consistently, at first it hurts, and you've got to get past the uncomfortable, you've got to get past the soreness, you've got to get past all of those things, and then eventually what was, so, what was such a struggle for you to do before now it's a little more easier for you to do, and you don't feel all of the tension, and you don't feel all of the stress in your legs and in your arms because you've done it consistently over time. So it becomes the new normal. But here's also what I know about stretching. Have you ever, have you ever stretched or worked out, and then you quit? You were doing it consistently, and then you stepped away from it for six months or for one month or for a year, and then you thought, you know what, I need to get back to doing that because my body felt better, and, and I'm getting a little bit older, and so I just need to stretch, you know, and, 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 and make sure that my body's staying in shape. And then as soon as you go back to doing it again, the pain that you experienced way back there when you first started that had become the new normal, now the pain is back because you stopped. And I believe that every single day God is wanting to stretch you. God is wanting to stretch me. And for some of us, we've sat down and we've become complacent. We've become comfortable with where we are. And so whenever we start being stretched again and we open ourselves up and say, you know what, I'm going to make room for what God wants to do. I'm going to live with expectation. I'm going to allow him to stretch me. We start to do that. It's going to be uncomfortable. But you've got to keep doing it and keep allowing it. Say, you know what, God, I trust you above all else. I trust you. And you're stretching me in this area of my life. And I don't normally talk to people. Come on, somebody. But I feel like you're asking me to talk to somebody. And that's a little bit of a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch. But how many of you know the more that you stretch, the more that you allow God to stretch you, the easier it gets to be obedient the next time and to be obedient the next time. And then you start to see God's faithfulness. And you're like, wow, because I stretch, now look at what he's doing in my life. Now look at what he's doing through me. Because I was able to be stretch listen some of us you would say you know what i can live with expectation but your thing is you need to be able to be stretched you need to be willing to be stretched to say you know what god whatever it is that you have for me i want to do that whatever you're calling me to step into i want to do that and if it requires a little bit of stretching i'm okay with a little bit of stretching why would god be asking you today as a believer to stretch I think it's because he has vision for you that can only be realized if you're willing to stretch yourself. 
There are some things that God has for you that you can't even fathom and you can't even comprehend because you're not willing to stretch. And there are some things that you'll just never be able to step into it unless you allow God to stretch you. You've got to be willing to be stretched. In Isaiah 54, as we read, God's telling his people that there's going to be such an expansion of people added to the family that they're going to have to stretch out their tents to make room. And I believe that God is wanting to use this verse today to tell us that he's not finished yet. Even with our church, he's not finished yet. Listen, this, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. He's not finished yet, but we've got to be willing to stretch. I want to read verse 2 again. I told you we're going to spend a lot of time in just verse 2, but Isaiah 54, 2, I want to read it from the Christian Standard Bible. It says it this way. It says, enlarge the sight of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched. There's the word, stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs deep. Here's question number three. Are you holding anything back? Because some of us were living with expectation and we're like, okay, God, if you ask me to do something a little uncomfortable, if I need to be stretched in this area or that area, I'm willing to step into that. Like, I just want to be obedient. I want what you have for me. And now God's asking you, are you holding anything back? And it reminded me of a, of a, a, a story in the book of Joshua. I love the, the story of Joshua and following his life in the Bible. And there's in Joshua chapter 6, the, the people have just marched around the walls of Jericho, right? You've, you've heard the story. Most of us have heard the story of the walls of Jericho. They march around once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, they go around seven times. And then they shout and they blow the trumpets and the walls come down. And the walls come down. And then this is what God says. He says, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction. Or you yourselves will be completely destroyed. And you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. In other words, he says, this is, this is the land. Everywhere that you set your foot, that's, I have given it to you. If you'll do it my way, if you'll follow my path, if you'll allow me to go with you and you'll do things my way, then we'll be successful. And everywhere you go, that's going to be what I've given to you. And it might not be easy, but it's going to be yours. And he says, but when you go in, the things that are set apart for destruction, don't take them with you. And the things that belong to me, don't keep them. Don't take the stuff that is set apart for destruction and don't keep what belongs to me. That's been set apart for me. And he tells them what it is. And then we pick up the story in chapter 7. And I want to read about 13 verses here so we can get the context of what's going on. But it says, uh, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. So the Lord's given them an instruction. This is how I want you to go in. Don't take this. Don't keep that. Like, these are set apart for me. These need to be destroyed. This is the way that it needs to happen. And it's for our benefit. So he's given them instruction. It says, but they violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. Joshua had sent Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. When they returned, they told Joshua, There's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai. Since there are so few of them, don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors sent, were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. 
Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are only going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up! Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me, and they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. God gave some instruction. The people didn't follow the instruction. He said, listen, the things that need to be destroyed, you need to destroy them, and it's for your good. The things that belong to me, you need to bring those to me. They're set apart for me. Don't keep them, and it's for your good. They belong to me. The people, one, one guy in particular, keeps some stuff for himself. They go out to fight a battle, and they lose. They're defeated. And they come back, and they're like, Lord, you said you were going with us, that we were going to win, that this was our land. We went into the battle. We were defeated. And the Lord says, you got somebody. There's some stuff in your camp. That was set apart from me or was set apart to be destroyed and people are holding on to it. And until they get rid of what they were never meant to have, you cannot win. And some of us are wanting God to come through and we are, we're trying to live with expectation. We're like, okay God, if you, if, if, if you need to stretch me, you can stretch me. But we have never stopped to really ponder and ask ourselves the question, am I holding anything back? Is there anything that I'm holding on to that actually belongs to God? Is there anything that I'm holding on to that actually needs to be destroyed and cannot remain in my life? Is there anything that is hidden underneath the surface that I need to get rid of so that I can really step into the fullness of everything that God has for my life? Is there anything that I'm holding back? And there could be a lot of things, you know, different sins and things like that. One thing in particular, and I know this is not a message on tithing or giving, but, you know, I believe that there are principles in the Bible. And some of us, there's, there's hidden things. Some of us, we're holding on to things because of comfort, right? And we hold on to everything that belongs to God, really, because it makes us feel more comfortable if we keep it. Well, I've been dealing with this, this, this sin or this addiction for so long, and I just don't even really know where to go from here. And so it's hidden underneath the surface, and you can't really win. You can't really walk in the victory that God wants you to really walk in because there's some hidden things in the camp. And God wanted me to ask you today, are you holding anything back? If there's going to be fresh vision and victory in your life and your marriage and your kids and your family and your career and in our church and things like that, there, you, you can't hold back what actually belongs to the Lord and has been set apart for the Lord. And you can't hide things that need to be, need to be destroyed out of your life. And he tells the people, he says, listen, here's the thing. You're never going to defeat your enemies until you remove these things. 
And for some of us, there are some things we need to take inventory. What are the things that I need to have removed from my life, that I need to lay down so that I can walk in victory and walk in everything that God has for me and experience the purpose and the vision that he has for me and my family and our church, at my job, all these things. Are you holding anything back? Are you holding back because of fear? Are you holding back because of doubt? Are you holding back because of comfort? I'm going to bring the worship team back. Don't hold back. God tells his people, he says, listen, stretch out. Make room. And don't hold back. Don't hold back. If God's giving you an instruction, be obedient. Be obedient. Don't, Don't hold back. Be obedient. Walk into what it is that God is telling you to walk into and here's the last question today and probably the most important question is where are your stakes where are your stakes i want to look at verse 2 again this is from the amplified bible isaiah 54 2 says enlarge the side of your tent to make room for more children stretch out the curtains of your dwellings do not spare them lengthen your tent ropes and make your pegs or your stakes firm in the ground some translations use the word firm some translations use the word strengthen and it rewords it and you know you need to strengthen your stakes or strengthen your pegs, right? But the, the, the whole concept is that your stakes have to be in the right ground. And here's uh, what I find interesting about this is this is a Hebrew word. This word that is, it's translated firm or translated strengthen and I'm familiar with this word. Uh, this is the word kazak. Kazak. And you know what this word means? It means to grow firm or strong. Not that you're going to become firm or strong overnight, but that every single day you're in the process of growing more firm and more strong. Your stakes are going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the right ground. How many of you know that a lot of us have our stakes in the wrong ground? And here's here's what I felt like the Lord said. You can stretch all you want. You can prepare all you want. You can, you, can, you can live with expectation all you want, but how many of you know if you stretch out your tent and you don't have your stakes in the ground, deep into the right ground, the wind's just going to blow it away. And so you can live with expectation all you want. You can stretch and do everything that you know necessary all you want. You can, you can give all you want. You could, you could really strive to hold nothing back all you want. But if your foundation and your stakes are not in the right ground to hold what you're stretching out to hold, that tent won't last. Everything will blow away. It'll be destroyed. And so the most important question that we could ask ourselves today is, where are your stakes? Because some of us are like, well, I, can, I just need to stretch more. I just need to, maybe we need to start here. And say, you know what, my stakes need to be in the right ground so that as I expand and as God does more and as I'm being obedient and I'm, that I've, I've got, I'm planted and I'm rooted in the right ground. We have to make sure that we are deeply planted and rooted in Jesus. And I love Colossians 1, and this is verses 16 through 17. It says, for by him, look at this, all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him that is by his activity and for him. And look at verse 17. And he himself existed and is before all things. And here's the good news. And in him, 
all things hold together. In Him, all things hold together. He is the controlling, cohesive force of the universe. Listen to me. Jesus is the one who holds all things together. Why do you need to have your stakes so deeply rooted in Jesus? It's because He is the one who holds it all together. No matter how much you stretch, listen, he's going to say, hey, I'm going to stretch you in this way. You need to leave with expectations this way. You're holding this back from me in this area of your life, and I want you to give it. I want you to, I want you to be faithful in this area. I want you to remove this from your life, all of those things. But at the end of the day, he's saying, but as we do all of that, your stakes have to be going deeper and deeper and deeper into me because that can't be sustained if they're not deep in me. And the only thing that's going to hold this tent together as we expand it is if your stakes are in the right ground and we need to plant our stakes in the one that the word of God tells us he holds everything together he holds it all together sometimes we feel like our life is falling apart he holds everything together he don't listen to me don't run from God run to God your life feels like it's falling apart stop running the opposite direction Because he's the one who holds everything together. And I know, some of us, we make stupid decisions. Don't run from God. Don't run from the people of God. Don't run from the word of God, right? We have a tendency, the enemy comes in and he starts to lie. Well, you did this and you messed up and you've walked away. And now, you know, you just might as well give it all up. And they don't really love you anyway. And they don't really care about you anyway. And all that stuff didn't work anyway because look at where you are. No, stop running from God. Start running to God. Why? Because he holds it all together. Everything was created by him, through him. He, like, he existed before it all. He's who holds it all together. Put your stake, come on, somebody today, you just need to plant a stake. Plant a stake in the Lord today. And I'm, I'm going deep in the roots. I'm going deep in the ground. And I'm going to make sure that this thing doesn't fall apart. God is stretching me. I'm living with the expectation. He's got more than I could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. He wants to do so much more through me than I can even imagine in my life. But I've got to be planted in the right ground. I've got to be planted in the right ground. Will you stand to your feet today? I said it at the beginning of the message, and I'll say it again. I believe that God wants to give many of us fresh vision for our life, fresh vision for our marriage, fresh vision for our family, for our calling, for our career. God wants to give you fresh vision. I believe that with all my heart. God wants to renew, listen, God wants to renew hope, renew dreams. He wants you to dream again. He wants you to step into his purpose again. He wants you to live passionately for him again. He wants to give you fresh vision today. But I'm telling you, I believe it with all my heart that we've got to stop and ask ourselves these questions. I want, right, we want fresh vision Am I living with expectation? I want fresh vision. Am I able to be stretched? I want fresh vision. Am I holding anything back from God? I want fresh vision, but are my stakes planted? Are they buried where they need to be buried? 
Are they buried in the one who holds everything together? The one who is the beginning and the end. The one who will never fail, never leave me, never forsake me. Am I planted in that? And I believe if we'll ask ourselves those questions, if we'll be honest, and if we'll truly step in, like if, if, if the Holy Spirit says, you know what, you're holding us back. Would you be willing to say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to hold back from you anymore. Hey, I've been trying to stretch you and you've been running and you've been avoiding me. Would you be willing to say today, okay, I'm willing to be stretched. I want everything that you have for me. So whatever that looks like. I've been, you've been running from me planted your stakes in your career you planted your stakes in things that won't sustain will you pull those out today and will you plant them in me would you be willing to do that God has so much more for you than you could ever imagine he has something for you to do he has something for all of us to do collectively but he has something for you to do specifically believe that God has fresh vision for you, for your life, for your family, for your career, for whatever it is that you're walking into, wherever it is that you're living. God knows. He's got fresh vision. But I also believe He has fresh vision for our church. And I want to tell you uh, about some of the vision that that God has set in motion, if you will. Um, Man, this facility is awesome. And I mean, to, to have the places back there to teach and love on the kids and this room to be able to join together and lift up the name of Jesus and worship and hear the word of God. Man, isn't it incredible? But I don't think it's the end. I think there's so much more that God wants to do. And about, you know, we, many of you know, in September we'll celebrate five years as a church. Five years old. And there was a lot of setup and tear down. I remember when we were, you know, when this was all kind of, if so to speak, getting off the ground and we would be talking to you like, Lord, we just need a place to have a church, you know, just to gather together. And uh, then God provided a place. And, and uh, then about, it was about two years ago, if I remember right, we were, we had seen this and we were like, well, I think that, that may be it. But along with this, we were, uh, we were looking at some other property and some land and, and uh, some other buildings or whatever. And we were asking, we were thinking, you know what? What if we just stepped out in faith? What if we just said, hey, we'll, we'll make you an offer on that. We just feel like that this is what God's leading us to do. And so we're going to step out in faith and we're going to do that. And we did that. And guess what? The answer was no. <laughs> well, God, we really thought that that's what you told us to do. And so why is the answer no? How many of you know sometimes the answer is not no, it's just not yet? And we just have to trust God's timing. 
And so we've been we've been in here for about a month, and uh, it was just a couple of days, two or three days before we moved into here on July 11th, that we were standing out, and there was people in here, and we were doing some work, and a lot of things going on as we were getting prepared to move into here that Sunday. And, and uh, this guy walks in. He said, man, I just want to look around. And he's looking around. He's like, man, y'all did so good. This building doesn't even look the same building. This is incredible. Y'all, God is just going to bless y'all here. It's going to be so amazing. God's going to do so much stuff. And he said, oh, by the way, I texted somebody, texted one of our elders, I think it was the day before, and that that uh, what you were asking about, you know, a couple years ago, we just weren't in a place to really sell that, but now, now we're in a place to where we're about to list that for sale, but we, want, we felt like we needed to come to you first before we did anything with it. And so we prayed about it for like half a second. No, we said, we said, all right, let's let's pray and let's see if this is still what God, what God wants, and this is what God has in store. So we prayed about it, and uh, long story short, um, as of this this last week, I guess it was, um, we're actually under contract on um, there. So when you walk out, you'll see it, but there's an entire set of buildings right here, like this whole building right here that has different offices and different things in it right here behind us. And then there's an entire lot that goes from that all the way to East Price Street. And so, um, Lord willing, at some point in the next month or so, we're going to own as a church all of that there and all of the property that's back behind it. (laughs) And I was thinking about that a couple of weeks ago again. And I just thought to myself, it isn't God so faithful? That we get so worried about things sometimes, so concerned about things. And here's why I tell you that story. Number one, to let you know that. Number two, hopefully to stir your faith. That whatever it is that you're believing God for in your life, He's able. With God, all things are possible. Amen. And I know we're going to put together a plan for this. We've got different ideas as far as student ministry and outreach and uh, tutoring and events and I mean just all kinds of stuff that we're just you know right it almost feels like the sky's the limit right you know it's like God what do you want to if this is what you're saying like what do you want to do what do you want us to do what is what's the next step right I want to pray for you and then uh, our prayer team's going to come down we're going to sing this song and my prayer is that today Some of you, it's going to be restored. It's going to be renewed. You're going to dream again. For some of you, you're going to see a picture of something, and you're going to know, like, wow, that was God, and I don't know how that's going to happen. But with God, all things are possible. For some of us, you've been living with expectation, and God wants to stretch you. God wants you to lay some things down so that you can truly walk into everything so that's my prayer for you as we sing this song and I want to pray for you as we sing this song we'll be dismissed today but I'm just believing that vision's going to be restored or fresh vision is going to be given to you today come on, do you receive that? just lift your hands all across this room Lord, we thank you today we thank you most of all for who you are and no matter what happens and no matter what goes on in our lives God, we just want you to get the glory this is all for your glory 
Lord, we don't, we may not even know what you have in store for these families and, and our families and, and all of these different individuals. God, they may be standing here thinking, I don't know what it is that God has in store for me. Lord, I pray that you would give them fresh vision today, that they would be able to see what it is that you're doing, that they would take the next step in whatever direction it is that you're having them to walk so that they can step into everything that you have for them. Lord, I just pray right now that there will be people, as we sing this song, Lord, that they're going to begin, that expectation is going to rise. Maybe there's been disappointment, maybe there's been complacency, but today expectation is going to arise again, that they're going to begin to dream again, that they're going to begin to hope again, that they're going to begin, that whatever you have put on the inside of them, that it's going to swell up again, that it's going to be a fresh wind on the inside of them, fresh vision on the inside of them. Lord, I pray for those in this room that need to be stretched, God, that you're trying to stretch them and maybe they've been avoiding it or running from it. God, open our hearts to be willing to whatever for whatever it is that you want to do in our lives, that we're willing to be stretched. If we're holding anything back, God, if there's anything in our camp that we need to, to lay down or needs to be destroyed or that has been set apart for you that we've been holding on to, God, I pray that you would put that on our hearts today and that we would be obedient. And above all else, Lord, I pray that from this day forward that our roots and our stakes would go deep into you because it's you who created everything. It's you who holds it all together. It's you who has the purpose for our lives. It's you who created the things for us to do in advance before we were ever even born. You had put it into motion. And Lord, as we as we step into fresh vision, we will be careful and be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.